Wednesday or Thursday or whenever because we are on demand. Sims and Lefko, what is good? Sims, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Adam Lefko? What is on your brain today for episode 158? I don't know. I'm just here to talk football. I didn't hear to come be the producer. Is Bleacher Report paying me to be the producer? Where is Josh? <laughs> Fuck Josh. Josh is somewhere. How about that? I'm starting off the podcast with that, Josh. With you're an F word. You're going to edit that out? Oh, Chris Simpson, 18 F words today on the podcast. I don't know what to do. We are going to get into, of course, our favorite coach in the NFL, Kyle Shanahan. We're going to get into Michael Bennett's comments. We're going to have Phil. Big, Big Phil. Phil. Big Phil on Big. the pod. Uh, and I have some random questions for you. And we're going to dive a little bit into Sims's draft notebook. Draft notebook. Um, I had something happen to me on the train today that I'd like Chris, because you don't take the subway. Yes. You take the train. Right. Where everyone is organized, and they're drinking their coffee, and they're having their Melba toast, and they come into New York, and they go, what a nice jaunt from Connecticut. Right. I take the one train. Yes. And the one train is typically good, but sometimes there's weird stuff, and I just want to know how you would handle this. Yeah. I'm on the train. Get through two stops. Feeling good. Right. Guy walks onto the train with a juicy yeah. peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right. You know the peanut butter and jelly where you've lathered it on and you put it and it's like you bite and it's popping out the yeah, sides? that's just disgusting. So, one, I don't eat on the train. Right. I find eating on the train to be disgusting. Right. This guy, though, biting one side, dripping out the other, all that. Wow. As he's eating it, mm-hmm. he reaches in with his other hand to right. a pocket and pulls out a bottle of cologne. Wow. A full bottle. And then goes sprit, 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 three around the neck, puts it in, kind of like looks around, feels real proud of himself, and then bites into the juicy part of the PB&J. What kind of person? Are we talking about a homeless person? We, are, are, we are talking about a guy about? that had... All clothes. Give me the scouting report. He, well, he is clothed. He, <laughs> he was good. clothed. He looked to be sane. Uh, we did make eye contact because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yes. And he looked to be sane in the eyes. Right. Uh, he looked like he m- maybe didn't shower that morning. Right. Hence the cologne. Yep. But I just, I couldn't understand it. Where did you get a sandwich from that you also felt the need? Why, who brings a full bottle of cologne? No. I, I didn't get it. It smelled pretty good. <laughs> I can't stand when guys put on too much cologne. It gives me a headache. Do you wear anything? No, I do not. Just I saw deodorant. that Zach Levine in the NBA has his own cologne line. Right. And I was like, man, I need to jump all over that. Get, I, I I don't. I'm not a big cologne guy. Either. No, I'm not either. I, I, I used to be, and it worked out. I don't out care well. when guys wear it or girls wearing perfume, but when they overdo it. Yes. It can be one of those things where I'm like, holy crap, I just have to get away with you because your smell is giving me a headache. Like, but who brings the entire bottle of cologne? I don't know. Who makes a peanut butter and jelly sandwich like that? You make it nice and clean so it doesn't fall off the other side. Okay, I'm an expert in peanut butter and jelly. Right, I eat two at things. least five a week. How does Chris Sims do peanut butter and jelly? And two, I've learned something. Have you learned something? When you say words right. that have a C and an L, you add an H and an R. Mm. So if you say I like say the like say the word clean 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 <laughs> I've never heard anyone say it like that before clean yeah you you like you know what I mean it's good yeah, it must be the Jewish in me is that what it is oh, I am. <laughs> Right. Oy but how do, how does Chris Sims make the perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I go diagonal cuts, 
Either three triangles or four triangles. You're it really so annoys OCD. my wife when I go three triangles. How do you get three triangles out of a square? Right. That's exactly. So you, so you got to be creative. You got to just get so three you pieces cut one of bread. And you cut one and a half. Exactly. Thank you. You All went right. to Syracuse for that education, huh? Damn. Yes. Peanut butter and jelly on Ezekiel bread. Do you even eat the crust? Hey, Simpson Lefko fans, are we eating healthy? Are we taking care of the environment? I haven't ranted in a while. I've got so many things I'd like to. We rant have about. had people message us and say that they've lost a lot of weight because they went beans, not beef, Good. which is one of our amendments for people that are joining Good. us now. Good to hear. Good to yeah, hear. But, but, uh, but I would say now's the time to eat healthy. Eat In healthy. the words of Stinky Figure Gabe, beach season. It's coming beach up. Season. Get it ready. Gabe's yes. ready. He's hitting the bench press. And we, have our, we have a shirtless photo shoot coming up. Do we? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank God. Uh, 58s. 58s. Who do you got for me, you weird peanut butter and jelly human? Uh, I like raspberry jelly, too, just so I'm you know. Grape. You're grape jelly? But I can go grape. Sometimes I'll go strawberry. Yeah, strawberry. Are just you a crunchy or, or creamy peanut butter? Just uh, creamy. Okay. Creamy. Would you eat all crunchy? natural, organic peanut butter. Yeah, I can deal with it every now and then. Do you get peanut butter that has the oil at the top? I think it does. First time? I don't know because I make my wife make them for me. You legitimately don't make your own? I don't make anything. We're an old school relationship. I go home. I, I make the money. I do those type of things. It's maybe an occasional like heavy lifting job around the house. Hey, can you move this couch to here or there? Can I get something off the top shelf? But yeah, other than that. No, the wife has her duties, and that's you the way a, we coincide. A, but do, does Dad have a, a Chris dish? When Chris, do you have one thing that no one else is touching this? Like for me, my, when I grew up, my dad was making pancakes, gotcha. and everything else, Mom was kicking ass with. No, the grill occasionally. So she even does the grill. Oh yeah, I've had send, your wife's cooking. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. We send her out on the grill too. Well, but she's my Italian. Kids, my kids do like when I make the burgers every now and then. That would be like my I one like thing. I like when Dad makes I the like burgers. When Dad does it. Oh man, he makes some charcoal black all around. You guys really are the textbook definition of like the the utilitarian family. We, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Good to see you, wife. <laughs> Thank you, husband. <laughs> oh, kids, you look grand today. Thanks, Papa Sims. Well, I can go X-rated to it. Uh, yeah, I, yes. I can imagine. Yes. 58s. 58s. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Carl Banks. Yes. Other outside linebacker opposite of Lawrence Taylor. Really a phenomenal football player. Von Miller. 58. Correct. Um, hold on. Wilbur Marshall from back in the day. Do yes. you have that on your list? Chicago, Washington linebacker yes, in the sir. 80s and 90s. Pick Phil Sims up by his face mask once. Uh, what do you mean? He Big Phil. Right, we're going to ask Big Phil about that. Yeah, you that. know what? That's a good one to ask him about. It was when he was on the Redskins. It was in the Joe Theismann break You tell game. me this story, and I want to hear if Phil tells it similar. Okay. Uh, actually, I don't think I've ever heard him tell this story. Perfect. Uh, so this will even be better. You get to hear stories for the first time when he tells them to me. Yeah. Yes. I, it's usually how I hear most of my dad's stories. Did you stories. go to this game? No. This was the... I was only five. This is the Monday night Joe Theismann break your leg Snap. game. Oh. But this was the full heated Giants-Redskins rivalry at the yeah. time. And yes, Wilbur Marshall. Uh, Who would you uh, compare I might have him my to years today? Wrong. I might, it's not the 85. It's 88. Sorry, I'm wrong, everybody. Who would you compare Wilbur Marshall to today? Ooh. Just so that like people now have an idea. Because I've never seen him. He was like a... I'm going to say like an Elvis Doomerville. So a little bit outside, undersized. Undersized, great strength, flew okay. around, threw his body around everywhere. So he 
sacked so the crap out of your dad? this is after he left the Bears of the 85 Bears team. He went to the Redskins after yes. that. Sacks the crap out of my dad. And then, yes, p- tries to pick him up by the face mask, <laughs> which is great. And dad is no small quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. He's not a small guy now. No. So, uh, all right. So getting back to other 58s. Yeah, you got any uh, other ones? Hold on. I, I'm, I, I'm going to miss so many obvious ones. Go ahead. Just start it. Matt Milano. Of the Bills, uh, Christian Kirksey, Thomas Davis, ah. Darren Lee, How can I forget Thomas Jordan Davis? Hicks, Quan Alexander. Those are your linebackers that actually play linebacker. Right. Uh, your guy, Carl Lawson, what one up? of your one of your uh, under the radar nails that you got in yeah. the draft last year. Dayton Jones. What do you know? Elvis Dumerville. What up, big Elvis? And you said Von Miller, uh, Mike Stratton, uh, big time linebacker for the Bills in the '60s, and then they had another one in the '70s, Isaiah Robertson. Both of them. were were very highly ranked in pro football reference. Trent Cole, fantastic 58. Uh, good ones here. Jack Lambert of the 58? He, that's in my last column. Thank you. Peter Bulware, Ray Maluga, Antonio Pierce, Gary Brackett, and Jesse Tuggle. Wow. I love Jesse Tuggle. Some good Tuggle. ones. That's, that's going to be another guy. Like Wilbur Marshall was a lot like Jesse Tuggle. That would be actually a very similar pro, player, pro player comparison as well. And then the all-timers, Carl Banks, Jack Lambert, and I can't believe you didn't get this one, Derek Thomas. Gosh, damn. Yeah. That hurts. That one does hurt. Because you talk about him all the time. I do. He, he you was, tell the story about him. Yeah. You know, Sacks in the game, yeah. or the game, or the other one where he went through a, a period of his career where he was like all he did was want to rush the passer. And I can remember my dad took me to the facility. I don't, is this the story I told? I don't know. He takes me to the facility, the Giants facility. They're gonna they're gonna play the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not like a Monday or Tuesday, so players aren't there. Dad's gonna do something. I'm like wandering the halls. I go sit in a meeting room. And one of the coaches, I think, is an offensive line coach, is studying Derek Thomas, watching what he does. Right. And I'm starting to realize, like, damn, Derek Thomas isn't very good against the run. And damn, teams are running right at him and getting 20 yards. And I, I, I kind of said that out loud. I said the next part out loud. I go, Derek Thomas is a little overrated, huh? I'm, I'm like eight when I'm saying this, and I can remember the coach looking at me and laughing and going. Yeah, a little bit. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was when you began scouting for the that first time. That was when I started scouting. I said, well, he has a nice tush there, though. It's a great bet. We are, we are in a really – we're in a funny time. Funny time. People that have been listening to us for a long time know that when you give evaluations, it's just the truth. Right. And none of this is for impact. Mm-hmm. I think when you started doing Lebetard, people were like, oh, he's doing this for impact. Right. And then the people that have come over and started listening to us, they're like, no, Sims only speaks the truth. Right. Your Sam Darnold take yeah. from the last show Monday, the show that you didn't think went well, right. created a firestorm of discussion online, right. uh, and number of comments were, I know Sims is only doing this for attention, oh. and I can't wait until he Sam Darnold starts playing well, and then Sims takes it all back. Oh, that's fine. I mean, I could be wrong. I definitely don't do it for attention. I, 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 don't, I don't even know what everybody says out there, so I, I wouldn't know enough. You don't use social media. That's what I mean. I wouldn't really and know. And your salary is not impacted by how many retweets or favorites or whatever. No, so I, I guess. This is just his brain. I'm just, I don't even know what I would have said that was, you know, I'd, all I was trying to say is that I have concerns about Sam Darnold and that I don't think he is just a lockdown number one pick of the draft. Uh, he might go one and I can understand right. it, but I'm just saying for me, he's not the kind of guy I love at the quarterback position. I mean, from all accounts, it sounds like he's going one or two. 
He's just not my favorite one or two quarterbacks that I've seen in this draft. Yeah. And I just have little concerns. Yeah. I'm excited because I know that uh, right around draft week, mm-hmm. we are going to have Miller up here. We'll have Connor in here. And I have some ideas yeah. I've already kind of told you about some fun stuff to do. Right. And I think you guys disagree on him. And that's healthy. Yeah, sure. It's the same way in all the NFL rooms. Yes. What is really interesting. I, I just I, This is my weekend. I'm going to go back and watch all this these guys one again. I all am. Right. I have to. It's just I need to watch all of them a little bit more. Um, I understand it's so close this year. They all have flaws. It's the first year ever I'm going to go back and watch the quarterbacks for a second time and really give it another thorough deep dive. Uh, So speaking of the draft, uh, ESPN got really upset because Fox is simulcasting the NFL Network. So now ESPN is going to put the draft on ESPN and ESPN2. And on day three, they're putting it on ABC. Here's the thing. You don't have to watch any of that shit. No. Because Sims, myself, and Miller are going to be doing the draft live, I believe on Facebook. We'll have more details coming, but we're doing all the picks and if you like the way we break it down, we're doing it even better for the draft. And we'll be faster. And we'll be ahead of the draft. That's what you're going to learn. That's the number one thing everybody that watched us last year. It was like, you guys were like a pick ahead of TV. Really? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, like, I, I just started watching you guys because we Yeah, got- or they go to a commercial. The thing that I I think that we do better than a lot of those other places is that they are, you know, they one they have commercials, but two also uh, they start talking about the big stories. Like they'll be on pick it's five and they're talking about pick, pick one. one still. Let me show you the highlight. Well, pick five's awesome. Can I know something about the player? Well, he's from he's, he's from LSU. Let's go back to pick one and show you our ninth highlight package of the day. Yes, that's the problem with the NFL. You're right because they go through periods of where and we only talk about who is drafting right then. That's it, man. I'm really disappointed that people think I would just say stuff. Well, Listen, I, I, I don't think it's they think that about you. Right. I think that we live in a culture I'm where to people say, I'm wrong. say things right. to get attention, right. and that's what I think they're thinking about you. I am willing right now to say that, that I might be wrong about Sam Darnold. I don't. I realize that. <laughs> I realize it. It's that close this year. Like I said, there's there's issues with everybody. There's greatness with everybody. I mean, hey, I yeah, I came out and I said Lamar Jackson was the number one quarterback. I still think he has the highest ceiling. Am I concerned about other things going on with Lamar Jackson too? Would I say he's my number one quarterback right now? No, I probably Josh would Allen's not. Josh Allen's jumped him, huh? Josh Allen's jumped him. Listen, this is like it's a litmus test, and yeah, okay, the film. You see all the great qualities, Lamar Jackson. Are there some flaws and some rawness? Certainly, yeah. yes. And those are the things I'm going to dive into more again. But at the same time, it's the litmus test of also what you do all around this process. The, and that's where he's failing right now. The things that's that you have to do me. with Lamar, the number one comments that I get tweeted right. at and stuff for you, mm-hmm. is you have to watch the bowl games against the SEC teams. Yeah, I get you. LSU and all those guys. I get that. you know. But I mean, last time I checked, Clemson would whoop the shit out of LSU, and he was pretty good against those games. Of course, so, of course. You know, the ACC was awesome. We can't say that like years past. The ACC is every bit, their top quality teams yeah. are every bit as good as the SEC teams. I know they're not Alabama, but I'm just saying they can play with them. Yes. But uh, yeah, I will. Uh, I didn't watch Mississippi State game. Amendment 2. Amendment 2. Kyle Shanahan's Shanahan is our, our favorite, favorite coach. coach. Uh, Richard Sherman signs with the 49ers. Yeah. 
And when talking about Kyle Shanahan, he said this. You know, we've played him since my rookie year, actually, when he was with Washington. He always gives us issues with plays that we've never seen. And this is the best part. The rest of the league piggybacks on what Kyle has, and they're like, oh my God, look at these great offensive coordinators. It's like, literally, they're just copying what Kyle did against us for the past five games. So congratulations, you can copycat. (laughs) And then he continues to say a little bit later, Shanahan's a Ability to make minor adjustments that lead to a big impact is, quote, like he threw a grenade in a tailpipe. It's one of the best in the sport, man. He's one of the best and, in the but, sport. But I would say four years ago when we first started talking right. and people be like, oh, he's just saying that because he's his friend. We're right Was I lot. saying that for yeah, attention? I, I mean, and I, I don't care if I'm wrong. I'm just, I tell you, like, I just want to speak it. But I, this is the reason why I yeah. love when guys switch teams. Right. Because then, like, the truth comes out. Right. Like, Again, we I joked about uh, Henny going to Kansas City. The Jaguars just cut uh, Mercedes Lewis, and he's pissed. I want to talk to Mercedes Lewis now. <laughs> what is that locker room like right now? Right. Because that's when it comes out. Right. But to hear Richard Sherman saying this about Kyle, it's what you said. Yes. People want to go play for them because they know what he can do. They know. It's the reason why Dan Quinn, when he got a head coaching job, said, I want Kyle Shanahan. Exactly right. I'll pay you. I'll make you the highest paid offensive coordinator in football. Oh, you want this much money? I already allotted this much money. I'm going to pay you more than you are actually asking for it. Really? Yeah. That's kind of how that's it That's amazing. Right. Right. Uh, but yes, um, Kyle... Uh, to me, has a better understanding of defenses and their rules than any of the other coordinators. Does and that come from his dad, or you always talk about he would sit in with defensive I, coordinators? I think it's that more than anything. Mm. More than anything. So why isn't that mandatory for offensive I, coordinators around the NFL to sit with defensive coordinators and learn what other defenses are doing? They do to a base level. Like, they will. So what's the base level? But the base level, oh, like, what, how are you going to play? How does this coverage play against this formation? Or, you know, just like, okay, how are you going to play this play and this coverage? If I put a bunch out there, how right. do you think they would line right. up? But like what that Kyle kind of understands is adjustments and things that are going to stress the defense out and from that standpoint where he can find a, like I've always told you, a flaw in the rule of the defense. And he'll go, okay, I see how they defend trips or two receivers to the right and two receivers to the left. But I noticed with this one concept, it stresses their rules out of their mm. coverage. And then he's going to find ways to just totally like, annihilate like that. Like he would always focus a little bit on Richard Sherman when they would play, honestly, where because he would have to drop back in the cover three, he would also have to kind of play the flat. And then if you put someone, and he would just put three guys in one zone. We had the, right? We had the, there was the game two years ago. Atlanta Falcons lost in the regular season in Seattle. But it was Seattle. a great game. They got great jobbed game. in the PI with the Julio PI, Jones. Hands to the yeah. face, whatever it may be. So, yes, there's that. And I can still remember having the conversation with Kyle after the game. I just said, oh man, those plays you put in were like such great Seattle beaters. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, what they asked Richard Sherman to do in that coverage is not really realistic. So yeah. I took advantage of it. It wasn't Richard Sherman's fault. He found a flaw in what they were asking Richard They were asking Richard Sherman to do. Hey, Richard, be responsible for the back third. Right. Press bail, right? Like we always talk yeah. about. But they were also going greedy and going, if you could stop the slant route too, right? Then that would be great. Which is insane. So okay, he's seen a slant route five times during the game already, and he hasn't seen anything else go back behind mm-hmm. him. He's so he try starts and to jump build. It. Well, yeah, let me follow the slant, and all of a sudden he throws like a wheel route behind it. And it's, I have oh, two shoot. questions about that. One: yeah. Will Kyle then go to Robert Saleh and be like, "I'm seeing things in your defense," and like, will he help him out? Definitely. 
Yes. Do other coaches do that? They do, but okay. I think that Kyle has the type of personality and, of course, has been granted the type of power and hired this staff to where – you know, I'm not trying to say he's a dictator, but he's a dictator. It's all going to start and stay with him. Kyle has complete control. I mean, everything. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh, you want to sign this player? You got to ask Kyle. John Lynch, you want to sign him? You got to, Kyle has to sign off. But I would also say it's a little but, bit Seattle-ish in terms of you allow everyone to, Seattle yes. five years ago, yeah, yeah, I hear it's you. better to kind of come together it, like that. It, it definitely is. Um, but My, Kyle is amazing at that at finding, like, just take the Jacksonville game against the 49ers this year. There's Jacksonville, the greatest talented defense we've seen. They, Jimmy Garoppolo, is playing his third game ever as a starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He's dicing up the best team and the best defense in football, like, they're not even there. To where Jalen Ramsey and everybody's coming off the sidelines going, they're, remember, they were yelling at yes. each other, they were fighting because yes. why? Because they were going, wait, my rule is this, and now you're telling me I have to change it because they've run this play, yeah, and that's what will piss a defense. Off. I always wondered. So we talk about Seattle and Richard Sherman, and like the amount of times they would yell at each other, and Jacksonville they would yell at each other. When you're playing a Sean Payton, a Josh McDaniels, a Kyle Shanahan that knows your defense mm-hmm. and can do that, mm-hmm. is there any calm though to a defense? Do you think where they go, man, this dude's really good? Or I mean, they're in the moment, they're freaking the fuck out. Yeah, no, they're freaking out. They're, but they're who's freaking out the more, games, the coaches or the players? Yeah, the coaches are freaking out first because they're going, oh crap. He's doing things we didn't see on film, and he's found a formation and a scheme that has stressed our rules out here, and now we're going to have to go back to the drawing board here on the fly in the second quarter, and I'm going to have to teach my weak side zone-dropping safety that now he has to watch out for this, and I haven't told him anything about this the whole season, but now he has to watch out for it. So that's where it starts. Does that... Just playing an offensive coordinator that throws off your rules, does that mess you up for multiple weeks? if you're playing the right offensive coordinators after, see? but Because yeah, we talked about this with Jacksonville. Uh, yes. People, they saw oh, the 49ers using the fullback of the backfield. Rick used the bootlegs in Buffalo. Yeah, okay. But Kyle had a rhyme and reason mm. to his bootlegs and also did other things off that that also made the bootleg that much more stressful. So, yeah, a lot of t- like I've said before, a lot of times in the NFL, some of these coaches don't even know what they don't know. And I think that's one of their biggest weaknesses, where the really great coaches know there's more they don't know. And they always want to learn. Yeah. McVay and Shanahan and Peyton and Belichick, it's always learn, learn, learn. I know a lot, but I don't know everything. Yeah. Teach me more. I will quit a company if someone in that company tells me, well, this is how we've always done it. Right. I do not want to work for you. You're going to fail. Enjoy the rest of the time that your company is making money, but you're going to just you're going to peter out. Because that's what happens. If New England doesn't teach people that in the sports world, then I don't know who does. I'm watching Bill Belichick at the at these pro bowl pro day workouts down there with Bradley Chubb teaching him how to lift, and he's like, "Lift your eyes, lift your eyes." And I'm going, one, I can't believe Bill Belichick's even there, but two, to see him down there, yeah. and he's not doing it for photo ops. Bill Belichick's not trying to get his Q rating up. He doesn't need clout, but he's down there doing it. He is. He. He's a sick fuck. He's going to draft an NC State D lineman, is what that would tell me. Well, you, they, are, they have they a lot have, of them. They have some beasts, and they got some big guys in the middle that certainly would be to his liking. All four of those guys actually are New England-type guys. I mean, obviously, Bradley Chubb's not going to be there no. uh, when New England picks, unless they made some crazy trade. But... You know, some of those other guys they got down there, they're talented. That NC State defense has some big NFL defense alignment. I'm having a lot of fun watching uh, 
Patricia yeah. starting to build his defense in Detroit. Right. So they got Christian Jones, mm-hmm. the linebacker. Uh, who was the other linebacker they got that had some speed? Oh, I'll tell you right now. I got it right here. But um, they're also bringing in. Say it oh, again. Oh, Devin Kennard right. uh, from the Giants. Right. But they also are just, they're bringing in so many defensive linemen right now yep. and just like trying them out. And he's just going to build the Patriots' defense in Detroit. No doubt. And the fact that he is going to have Stafford there too, mm-hmm. the Lions are going to be a blast, man. Like, I agree. I'm excited to see him become the head coach. I am too. I really am. Yes. I do. I mean, I'm happy for him just because, first of all, you know what I think of him as just a person. He's a good person uh, that you can trust that just says it how it is, and he has no ego. I mean, yeah. all the things you would really admire about a man. Um, I'll be shocked if it doesn't work because he does have a plan, a process. It's detailed, and it's going to be hard to outwork him. Uh, th- we've always joked about the Patriots South, Patriots West, and they never work out. Mm-hmm. But I feel like right now the Lions and Titans are the closest we've seen to it really starting to look good. Right. You have a Patriots head coach and GM at both spots. You have Vrabel, Patricia, Bob Quinn, and your guy John, John Robinson. Robinson. Right. They both have good talent at quarterback. I would put, obviously, Stafford ahead of Mariota. Yeah, yeah. But they're building. They're getting free agents. They're getting good guys. It it just feels like the first time we've seen Patriot satellite teams actually starting to click. I I, I hear you. I mean, and I, I'm going to throw another team. I mean, Houston's going to be in that conversation, what? too. I just they're going to be feel... close. They don't have the GM that's that, And that's the, the reason. Right. The Rick Smith, Bill O'Brien. Ryan relationship right. just does not feel good. No, it doesn't. Now, Rick Smith's not there anymore, right? Because he took the leave of absence because his wife is sick and he's going to help her out for the year. Thank you. Yes, it's all I right. I didn't remember that. But don't worry. All good. I mean, but still, I do think that Rick Smith has done his best to try to build a Bill O'Brien type of football sure. team and had some of those pieces in place already. But man, that's another good conversation. I mean, the AFC South. Unreal. They were shit two years ago. You guys, they were awful two years ago. I mean, okay, we know the Colts and what they do, and they're rebuilding, and I think Frank Reich is going to be really good there. And I think their GM, Chris Ballard's building. He knows right. how to build. But then the other three teams, they're like ready now. And these are these are all New England, Belichick, Parcells, so Disciples. we already talked about the Titans. Right. Jaguars. Well, that's Parcells. and Parcells and yep. Coughlin, right. So, I mean, Coughlin and Belichick and run the that Texans giant staff together. Yes. I would also say that Kansas City feels more ready to go than they have in a very yep. long time. Right. The Chargers getting pouncy and how we felt that the Chargers were the one team other than the Jaguars that could go into New England and beat the Patriots. The Chargers are ready to rock. Yes. I mean, don't ready forget the first round guard didn't play last year, too. Lamb, right? Forrest Lamp. Right. Lamp. I love right. Lamp. Right. So, I mean, man, that's, you're right. I mean, the Chargers the are going to be one of those teams. The Bills are going to be tough, and I don't think they're fading away. Right. Um, and then, I, is the AFC North the weakest division? In the AFC? Yeah. Ooh. Are the Bengals, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Ravens, is that the weakest? No. Or are you going to take the rest of the AFC East? Well, the AFC East, the oof, man. You know, the West, ooh, man, it's really tough. I can't say the North is the weakest, though. Okay. I, I, especially, like, people are sleeping on the Bengals still. I know the Bengals, they they were 7-9 and nine last year. I just still think that's an extremely talented roster. There's a lot of talent in that AFC Oh, AJ North. Green, Eifert, Mixon, Gosh, I mean, Cleveland, Gio. the players, they're collecting. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be interesting. AFC man. is coming up. 
because the NFC was so far superior to the AFC the last two years. It's, yes. it's just comical, especially last year. You know what's pretty awesome? Yeah. This is a conversation that you can only have when the Patriots don't win the Super Bowl. When the Patriots win the Super Bowl, we look at each other and we go, well, the favorite's probably the Patriots. Good luck to everybody else. <laughs> but when they lose all the guys they've lost yeah. and the Super Bowl, yeah. it feels like it's up for grabs. It does. You know, like I know. the entire league feels up for grabs. I know. Last year we're going, oh, the Patriots won the offseason. They might go 17 They might go undefeated. We're all fucked. Well, one team that felt that same pressure was the Seattle Seahawks after they won in 2013 against the Broncos. People forget, as soon as they won that Super Bowl, we looked at the roster and we went, this is a dynasty. Yeah. They're going to do this for two, three years. Yep. Next season, are they going to go undefeated? All that. They go on the run and they lose on the goal line to the New England Patriots, right. or it would have been a dynasty Mm -hmm. and Michael Bennett was on those teams and now he is on the Eagles. I was so excited to watch his press conference when he got uh, introduced to the team and he did not disappoint in addition to saying that Dak, I'm coming for you. Eli, I'm coming for you. Alex Smith, you can't run away from me. He also made a quote that riled people up and he said, in terms of the defensive line, I think it could be one of the greatest. He continued, it's kind of, and this, no, not enough people are talking about this part of the quote. It's kind of like Golden State. You want to be able to have those guys that can come in and shoot and shoot and score every time. I don't understand when people say a quote that they're supposed to say that we react in a way in which it's shocking. Michael Bennett, how great do you think that your defensive line could be? I think it could be one of the greatest. When you look, they're seven deep with Fletcher Cox and all those guys. Like, we've already said they're a great defensive line. You're adding him. To me, it's only shocking if he goes, I don't think it's good as the defensive lines I had in Seattle. That's shocking. That should be on good morning football and pro football talk. Him saying it could be one of the greatest? No shit. You asked that question to get that response. I know. I just don't understand. Uh, well, this is a Philadelphia well, franchise he, that had the dream doing, team. He's just probably doing to get attention. That's, that's the only reason he's it's doing insane. it. Uh, it's insane. Yeah, it's what we live with. It drives me crazy. Also... It cannot be compared to the dream team because you need to look at who is saying what. The Eagles won the Super Bowl this year and added a former defensive MVP candidate and a guy that's won a Super Bowl. That's a great addition. The old NFL team... When they added Namdi Asamoah and Ronnie Brown, it was Vince Young saying it. The backup quarterback is the one that called the team the dream team. That's why that quote was so ridiculous. Michael Bennett saying they could be one of the greatest is not ridiculous. Because it can be one of the greatest. It definitely can. Our second defensive line could be most people's first uh, defensive line. I just don't understand why it took legs. I don't understand it either. I don't understand anything really in this world anymore. I can tell you that much. That's all. Everything's all screwed up. What, but, what else is making you think that? Oh, I mean, it's just it's our current <laughs> environment. But uh, I have no issue with him saying that, nor do I think that's going to like affect no. anything. You're the Super Bowl champions. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, it's not, like, it's not like Fletcher Cox is going to be like, oh, well, he says he thinks we're going to be the greatest. I'm not going to work out today. I'm or, or he's going to go, good. Or he's gonna go I am consumed with pressure right. now that Michael Bennett says no. we're the greatest. Yes. The one thing I want to talk to you about, though, yeah. is he talked so much about you win the Super Bowl and knowing have to go after it again. And I sat there and I went, this is the perfect guy to bring in. Mm-hmm. What I loved about bringing in Chris Long and LeGarrette Blunt last year is these are guys that waited their entire lives to taste a Super Bowl trophy and they got 
about it. And to be in that locker room and to say, here's what we did in New England. Here's what we did. It was great. Michael Bennett coming into that locker room now and go, I know what it's like to have won and then people putting the target on your back. It's got to be valuable. And I'm curious, you got to the Bucks in 03, the right. year after they won the Super Bowl. Did they have anyone in that locker room that had to defend a Super Bowl championship? Do you remember? Like anybody, what do you mean? Say Was there that? anyone on yeah. that 03 team oh, right. that previously had won a Super Bowl and then had to defend it? Was there anyone that could give what that's like to the team? No, I'm thinking off the top of my head. I don't think there's anybody that and was. And do you think it would have been scenario. valuable? I do. I do think it would have been valuable. Now, at the time, I didn't realize how relaxed it was until the next offseason, right? Oh, when the pressure was so back when the on. pressure was back on, right? Where we didn't make the playoffs, and all of a sudden it was, damn, what, what the hell did we do here? Yeah. So, um, yes, when I first got to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, everything was, you know, roses. Rose. Yeah. Everything was great. We're 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 awesome. This defense is one of the, the best. The reporters in are so pleasant. Everybody's yeah. good. The offense, you know, was showing signs of improvement, and it was going to be Gruden's second year in the system. They were only going to get better, and they were going to sign some players, and all of that. And we're going to repeat, right? Oh, yeah. And you know, off season, I didn't know. I knew we had a veteran team, so you know, where practice is shorter at times, or hey, we're not going to have meetings today. All of that, yes, sure, but. Complacency crept crept in. Yeah. It definitely did. We we kind of just I, I felt like, hey, we're the Bucks, and we got these mean, bad, nasty defensive players, and we're going to show up, and you're going to have a hard time scoring points on us. Mm-hmm. Well, that did happen, but we had a hard time scoring too. We ended up losing a lot of these like close games early in the year yeah, that were you guys crazy. Were the Kings of the thirteen ten. Yeah, it was a lot of those. Right, exactly right. But what I did realize the next year, going into year two. Is oh okay we didn't make the playoffs. Warren Sapp got shipped out of town. He ends up going to sign with the Oakland, Oakland Raiders. They tried to get rid of a few of the what they deemed as the bad apples in the locker room. And I just remember going, damn, this off season's brutal. Like I mean, we were meeting, walkthroughs, practice, more meetings every day, and that was actually normal. That was normal, but <laughs> things had become complacent. Like the pressure was off. We won the Super Bowl, and I think that's where like the genius of Belichick. You can never underestimate that. And I think that's one of the things that's been really impressive about Pete Carroll is, hey, say what you want, and the team might have some renegades and all that. But man, did they show up ready to compete and play hard every week, no matter what? And that's they really what, did. And that's what I respect for them for that. So when you look back at that '03 season, yeah. And you think, did you think that teams were actually playing you guys harder because you were the Super Bowl champions? What? When you look at the rest of your career. What? Without a doubt. See, because this is the thing is, I go, how can you not play at the same level of intensity every game? But then right. again, you're human. It's not possible. How hard were they playing you? I, it, it, you're you're the marked man. That's what ha- the opening game. Open up the the link in Philadelphia. You're the super- I can't believe you guys opened in Philadelphia. We opened up because it was a brand new stadium yeah. and there was that rivalry and they beat they closed yes. down the vet so they wanted to have them back up. Yeah, right? They really did bookend that. Right, shit. they Damn. booked into that. Yeah, exactly right. So okay, here you are. You're the biggest show in the game. Hey, also we're gonna make you fly to Tokyo and play an extra preseason game because you won the Super Bowl and you're a big deal. So we went over to Tokyo. I've told you those stories. Can we tell one of them? 
Sure. I think we could tell any of them. You are in Japan. In Japan. For a preseason game against the New York Jets. Paul yes. Tagliabue is there. All the bigwigs are there. Yes. And you have a night off. Night off. And you are fresh face, rosy cheek rookie Chris Sims. Well, we have to go, first of all, to a gathering with the Jets. We're going to play the Jets there. The Wayne Corbett, Keyshawn. Oh, you're going to give them and all the And we have Keyshawn on our team, right? So this is the this is the starts this night. Right? Okay. This is a story that's always I'm gonna I know. Down, I want to give excited. all the goods but I can't give all the goods because I might compromise some people. But this is the first story of that night. We're at this little gathering. It's a cocktail hour. Hey, you know, welcome Jets and Bucks. Welcome to Tokyo, blah, 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 blah. Okay, we do all that. Now it comes time. It's after... Keyshawn starts holding court. He, of course, he was on the Jets, so he knows all those players. Right. But now he's on the Bucks. He's holding court, and he's telling everybody that he's the best receiver in football. That's that's what Keyshawn does. I'm, I'm the best receiver in football. <laughs> I'm better than Terrell Owens. That's he's got people around him, and he is telling everybody that he is better than Terrell Owens. Rich McKay, who was our GM for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the time, walks by as he's telling this story, and Keyshawn, who. Of course, Rich is indebted to Keyshawn because he traded to get Keyshawn and then paid him all this money at the time. So and then they won a Super Bowl, right? And yeah. so this is Key, this is Rich McKay's guy, Keyshawn. I mean, so he goes, "Hey, Rich, 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 come here, come here, all right, Rich, tell these guys who's better, Keish, me or To." And Rich McKay sits there for a second. He looks at him. I, I swear he looked at him. I'm like, man, are you really going to make me answer this question in front of everybody? And he goes, hey, Keyshawn, you're a hell of a player. When you, when you catch the ball, it's first down. He goes, but man, when T.O. catches the ball, it's touchdown. <laughs> and what happened to everyone? What? The, play, the, the 20 people that were listening just erupted in oh laughter. And, you know, Keyshawn. Was, and what was he doing? He was he can handle it. Oh, uh, he can. He's got thick skin. Okay. He can. Keyshawn is great. Like he that. wasn't like, Rich? No, Rich? no. He laughed and he was like, get your ass out of here. And he, but he was great like that. That was also the same trip where I went on a shopping spree with Keyshawn and saw him buy like $40,000 in luggage. Yeah, that was amazing too. Yeah, you've never told me that. I know, I never told you. What that kind one. of luggage? A expensive one. Forty. Thousand. I know we went to a Louis store. Yes, went to a Louis store, and he. I mean, at least Keyshawn had cash. Okay, he was did the number s- one pick of the draft, and then got a, re- a renegotiation with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wait, did you spend like a good amount of time with Keyshawn and all? Yeah, Keyshawn and I had a good relationship. I know you think. I think you think it's not good because of the whole like, hey, your ball's funny and catch. No, me and Keyshawn had a very good relationship. We had a lot of good laughs. Yeah. Yes, I, I respect Keyshawn. I do. I've interviewed him for that company, Thuzio, and I found him to be a good guy. He's a, like, good, he a good guy, guy and as tough as hell and takes no crap from anybody. So, yeah, he might not have been as talented as his number one pick in the draft, but when I talk about tough football players and fearless yeah. and ready to compete, Keyshawn is one of the top of my mind. Keyshawn right. will fight you. He got in a fight in the back of a plane, which we've... Money. We've talked about we've that. We've talked about too. that. Man, what I love, though, about that is that is what can happen after you win a Super Bowl. Yes. I'm not going to curfew. I'm doing whatever I want. And here's Gruden going, I'm the reason you guys won a Super Bowl and that he has no control. Or that the NFL sends us to Tokyo in general because you've won the Super Bowl and you have no control. Or the fact that we go there and when I tell you our clock, human clock was messed up for the next week, I I truly will look back at that always and go, that was the start of messing us up. Wow. I mean, because you would walk out of the hotel room and it would be two in the morning and Brad Johnson would be sitting on the hallway floor reading the newspaper at 2 in the morning because nobody could sleep. It's a 12-hour time difference. We were in training camp, full schedule every day, and all of a sudden it's, we're flying to Tokyo and get ready for the schedule. It really messed our team up. Man. Uh,
All right, we got to call my dad. Yeah, let's call your dad. Call I'm ready. The, call let's the call the Big, big Phil. Uh, we have a few things to talk with Big Phil. One, we're going to ask about Wilbur Marshall picking up by his face. Two, he lied to us the yeah. last time he talked. Right. He lied, Liar. and he's going to answer it. Liar. And apparently he's going on other radio shows and telling them things, and that's we're not going to stand yeah, for that. Yeah, I'll stand for it. We'll start with the lies. Hello? So, hello? Hello? You know, I like it. You know, I always expect at least somebody to come on. Hey, you ready to go on Bleacher Report with Dumb and Dumber? No. And I don't ever get that. So y'all catch me when you just, uh, y'all answer and make fun of me. So um, it's snowing here and y'all doing it early today because, you know, you're, oh, you know, we'll get wet going home. So we got to get y'all out of here. <laughs> make sure you have your umbrella when you leave today, Adam, you know, because I don't want that style of yours getting messed up. Thank you. you know, I you appreciate gotta, you gotta that. Look sharp. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. the reason we're calling you early and the reason that there's never anyone the buffer is because of what happened two weeks ago. We're still a little hurt, Big Phil. Uh, you lied to your son. Well, you know... You lied just, to Christopher. It, 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 and it was just, embarrassing um, for both of us that you told uh, him that you were sick, but instead you were at Parisi's getting a lift during a snowstorm. And I just want to know... <laughs> We help, like, I don't think you know, understand that. I don't think people would be talking about Phil Sims if you weren't doing this. <laughs> I can't Okay, that's pretty, that's pretty good stuff. But no, what I was really doing, I was throwing with a young quarterback ruining his life. What yeah. the hell? You know, tell your mom you, she, she'd be embarrassed when you go home tonight the way you practice today. You know, things like that. That's what I do. You know, so that's, that's, that's what I was doing, actually. So, oh, you were training somebody. He was yes, I was thrown with a, a young man. Well, he really wasn't that young, but uh, so who knows? And he's Whatever. A college football player. So there you go. So so both of you can you know kiss my tuchus. Well, okay. we'll kiss your tuchus. <laughs> I don't believe you know, it. It's kind of like it's kind of like everything else. It's like being married. You know, everybody takes me for granted. You guys were taking me for granted, so I had to kind of. You know, let you know that it's, um, you know, step on you a little bit. Yeah, you stepped on us. I don't know if I can believe that story because, you know, you're a freaking liar now. I can't believe it. God, <laughs> went to skip hey, no, I, listen, 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 son. Just like you being Mary Adams dating, we when you, you, you become a professional liar. And not only am I a professional, I'm really good at it, man. So, you know, that's the way it goes. Well, I have another bone to pick with you. Here I was right, here I was thinking that we were the spot where Phil Sims came on to drop hot takes, and I hear you're on with Adam Shine saying that if it was me, without question, my number one pick for the Browns would be Josh Allen. And you're giving headlines to other people, Phil, and I can't take it anymore. Really? That that was out there? I didn't even know. Oh, that was out there. Yep. Yeah, you don't want oh, people we... to steal your takes, but you're out here giving your takes to people. I like how he is expect, well, he expects he should know, even though he hasn't been on the computer since, <laughs> since he said it, to look on social media. <laughs> no, I haven't looked. I, I did read all the articles this morning, and there was nothing out there to read that was worth a crap, but that's another thing. So, um, <laughs> You know, I said that. And and as I do, and I say to you guys right now, I reserve judgment till the last moment to de- determine my order of guys. Right. Because you mean you're not an idiot like me and just come out and say it after you've watched them all and just go with it right away? <laughs> Is that what you mean? Well, I usually do that, and I kind of did, but I'm you know backtracking. You've heard me, Chris, for the last couple of days, like, ooh, wow. Ooh. Yeah, I'm it's just, close. It's, it's a weird year. It's confusing, you know, and it's, it's, the big thing is. It's always, you know, I, Bill Cower. We were talking for a few minutes. I said this to you, son, is an Adam and telling you 
that we were talking about it. And we go, what's more important, the talent of the quarterback that's going to be drafted or who the coordinator is? Right. And mm. Yeah, and I just went, it's the ding, it's the coordinator. No, it's, I mean, it's, 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 you're right. It, it is. In a lot of cases, it's the overlooked thing from what we see. I mean, you know, just like a perfect example, I think, is Jared Goff. Uh, you know, Jared Goff, yeah, he was a great year, right? But he got a new coordinator in there. He throws 28 touchdowns, seven interceptions. And this is not a comment to put down Jared Goff, but I think there's other 20 other quarterbacks we could take in the NFL. And I go, they would have done 28 touchdowns and seven interceptions. It's as hard well. to separate the two. Right. So it, it's, it's yeah, crazy. But it is. Yeah, go ahead, Dad. He didn't take a magic pill and just get so good. All you know, talent around him, all those things. We saw that with Case Keenum with the perfect offense, the talent of the team. We saw it with him and, you know, Nick Foles. uh, You know, we've never talked about him uh, in his whole career. He went 20, what, 27, 28, and 2. Well, that that was kind of pushed aside like it, it was an accident. Nobody talked about it. But here he goes. They cater the offense to him, good football team. And now, you know, what was it? You need two number ones and two number twos to go get him. So, right, right. Uh, you know, what do you, but, Phil? What do you think you know for certain about these quarterbacks in the draft? If we don't know the order and there's a lot of things up in the air, what do you know for sure about these guys? What do I know for certain? Okay, that Josh Allen, even if he fails, it will still be good enough to be a middle of the road starting quarterback, mm. and he will be. In other words, if he fails, because you know, I said to Christopher, I. I he was 233 or 237 at the combine. Yep. Okay, let's lose 10 pounds. Even though he's in good shape, but it's just it's, it's too much weight. And uh, he does rely on his arm. Uh, his arm is great. We know that. Mobility, size, and arm, that's all I know for sure about him. Josh Rosen, I know he is – right. he plays quarterback in college exactly like a pro would in just a pro offense. Yep. Really feels the pocket well, can look people off, throws a beautiful spiral, makes it look easy, you know, never panics. So that that you know. Mm, right. So what do you worry about? That's another thing. Lamar Jackson, what do I know? Big play waiting to happen every time he touches the ball. He's dynamic. Uh, he looked awful throwing the football at the combine, but I didn't get that sense watching the tapes. It does worry me a little bit, but, you know, so we're going to lose it a little bit in the throwing, but we gain it. And the other part, which is going to be accelerated or really accentuated, I guess you should say, once he goes to the pros, which we saw with uh, Deshaun Watson. Right. You know, I, and who am I missing? Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I think i got a great feel for him. Yep. He just can play, good thrower of the football, um, competitive, energetic, all those things. We know that. And who did I miss? Darnold. Darnold. Well, Sam Darnold, um, I do like he has quick feet. Yeah, the motion doesn't bother me. He doesn't break. You know, would be quarterback here. It's a windy motion, but he doesn't break the angle of his arm for people that are out does there. Not break the angle of his arm, which right. is the most important, so he can get it out of his hand quick. And how do I know that? Because they throw a ton of screens and a ton of hitches and stuff like that. Right. Where it's you know fake it. He's all off balance and he just slings it out there. He does that well. So, and he's got good NFL size, and, you know, does he have a great arm? He has an average NFL arm, I would say, you know, in the middle of the pack if you want to be, right. judge him that way. Right. So, it, it's interesting. Because they all have great, they all have things that you watch and go, ooh, that's impressive, but they all have flaws, too. So, it, it, I, 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 no question. Yeah, it's, again, 
Uh, it's the first year ever. I'm going to go back and watch him again, too. I mean, because Dad's been I watching him, and he poses questions to me, too. And I go, you know, yeah, you're right. I haven't thought about that, whatever. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, certainly. All right, Dad, I want a real quick conversation here, which I think we had this. Dad and I had this conversation the other night on the phone, but I think it's worthy of calling Ooh. on here. Well, the Uh-oh. Jets, the Jets trading to number three. And the pick to number three, right? You know, there's yeah. a lot of talk out there. Well, they just moved up there, and they're probably still formulating their plan. And Dad, I think, to me, when, when we talked about it, he laid it out, I think, exactly the way, at least I would what envision McCagnin it. What was thinking. What McCagnin's thinking, what they're thinking there. And, Dad, I just think you should uh, share it with share us. Share it with us, you big fucker. Well, I don't think you move up in the draft. I don't think you move up there, Adam and, and Chris. I don't think you move up and go, well, we're moving up there because we know somebody's going to come one of the three guys we like. And I, I just I can't imagine that. You move up because you know the guy that you want will be there at three. Right. And, and of course, you, you can't – the two that I think you have to take off, I'm just going by, is Josh Allen. And Darnold, and right? Take, and Darnold, you have to take them off. So it leads me to Baker Mayfield – and I just go, does that fit what the Jets are going to do? You know, I don't know Jeremy Bates. I can't remember all his – I know who he's been with in his career. What do the Jets want on offense? Mike McCagnin likes big quarterbacks. This, that. You know, he ran also, that Jay Cutler offense in Denver, remember? Like in Jay Cutler's, yeah. like, you know, boots, aggressive play action passes down the field, that kind of stuff. Well, if they're going to do that, then that sounds like Baker Mayfield. Right. But, but you know, I, I would put this into it, too. Yeah, I, I would. My second thought, and it would be really close to that, would be Josh Rosen. Right. Just because he is NFL ready. Right. I mean, it is he's ready. He looked a little more athletic at the combine than I expected. Mm-hmm. The body wasn't, you know, hey, he's, you know, he's not Ben Roethlisberger. He's not the sturdiest looking thing I've ever seen back there. Right. But he knows. He really, really knows. He knows how to play the position. Better than any other quarterback in the draft, if that's a way to put it. Yeah, so, that's awesome. That would be that would be the two. It's got to be one of those two guys, I would think. I would think so too. I'm with you on the Mayfield thing. I mean, I think that's that. That was when Dad said it. I was like, yeah, you're you're right. It's because you you can't you can't go to number three and think, oh, well, maybe Darnold or Allen will be right. there. I think the way things look right now, you got to think there seem to be the hot commodities. These rumors aren't just coming out of nowhere. So even though you're not hearing it anywhere, well, I, what about I, haven't, I haven't heard any of my coach friends just go. Sam Darnold's the best quarterback in the draft. He's the number hands down. Yeah, Phil, is anyone saying that to you? No, I have not had one person say it to me. I don't. I, I, I then why is this happening, Phil? Well, it's still me, early too. Just, yeah, it's it's early, Adam. And but man, they they know so much about these guys already. They gotcha. got so much homework on the quarterbacks because there are all these teams that want them. And everything, but I did talk to one guy, and just by accident, who's in the NFL, and I really trust his opinion. Mm-hmm. And he had Darnold as the fifth quarterback, right? And I just went, "Wow!" He goes, "Nope." He goes, "I, I want the other. I would take the other four over him." That's where your son and has him. Yeah, I made him you four. I made Ro- I made him four. I made him oh. Rosen five. Remember? Yeah, but I think you you should switch those. <laughs> where, where did you put Lamar Jackson? Well, I mean, when I originally came out with it, I put it at one, but I can't leave but now him he has number him at, one you have right him at now. Two? I mean, it's like you and I talked about. It's like the litmus test. He's, 
yeah, the film, it's great. Is there some raw areas? It's crazy plays. He's so athletic, all that. But all the other things, yeah, the combine throwing, no hiring of an agent, you know, didn't look like there was any really mechanic work at his throwing of the combine. Oh, my God. Whoever... Whoever so, worked with him is. is well, he's working with his. He's working with his one of his best friends, right? Who's a trainer. So all those things are. He's failing in that area, and I think that's concerning to me too. So, yeah, but it's it like. It, but but why? Let, but let when he explain, goes to an organization, won't they fix that? I yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let, Sorry about that. Ahead. Well, no, uh, let me explain this to you too. Right. Him throwing the football would be like a professional golfer. Standing up there, he hit the ball, and he doesn't turn. He just takes his arms and swings and hits it just with his arm. Don't turn. You know how a golfer turns way back to hit it? Sure. You, you know, that's Lamar Jackson just stands there flat-footed. Nothing moves but his hands and his arms, and he hits it. He just makes it happen. And he just tries to do like So not- do you guys look at that and go, wow, if he gets his bottom half involved, this is amazing? Or do you no, go, wow. No, no, he needs wow. to get his upper half involved. Oh, the, the torque and the he body. just lets his arm be an independent contractor slingshot. Like, do you? But yeah. I'm saying is, do you look at that and go, "Wow, if we get his torso involved, this will be great"? Or do you go, "It's really hard to radically change emotion"? That uh, I'll, I'll, well, that's I, just all crap. You know that. I can give you a thousand. I love that one. I well, that, you know, it's, you got to be it's who they are. You can't change them, really. <laughs> let's say that about everybody. You can't change an offensive lineman. You can't. Just, you know, I had this argument. I probably said this story to you. I'm going to tell you anyway again. Bill Parcells said, oh, Sims, you and this about the quarterbacks. I said, yeah, Bill, you tell your nose tackle 9,000 different techniques, but don't tell the quarterback anything. That makes a lot of sense, the most important guy on your team. Hmm, right. he, goes, he looked at me, and he goes, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, no, so, so, you know, Lamar Jackson. We, we've seen enough on film. I, I at least I know, and you have too. We've seen enough on film to go, I've wow, when he gets lot. in the right position, you, he makes throws where you go, yes. that's special. He did some opening days. I just I watched him again last night. He made some throws. I went, wow, can he look at these and go, that felt great. I need to do what I did there. And I don't think they do that enough. But he made some throws and did exactly what you'd like to see, how a pro quarterback to get in position and move and throw the ball. And you can see the ball spinning so hard on the tape. And, of course, it's right on target, too. But the problem is you don't see enough of them. Mm. And saying all this, mm-hmm. I, I think he probably will be the fifth quarterback taken, if I had to guess. But I do, I do believe he'll go in the first round because – now – I can't wait, and I will try to find out somebody who works him out and just to hear what they say. And uh, But to see what he looks like in person watching him throw. Yes. Because I've talked to people at Louisville, University of Louisville. My center in Moorhead State's always around there. He says when he watches him practice, practice he throws it great. And the guy kind of knows what he's talking about, Carl Schmidt. So he's a good friend of mine. I know Carl Schmidt, Everything. too. Oh, you know Carl. Yeah, yeah doesn't he work the the, the Paul Horning Award? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. well, I mean, come on. It was a big deal down there in Louisville. Carl Schmidt knows me, not the other way around. Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> uh, big Phil, one last one. Today was episode uh, 158, uh, and so uh, 58 that we were talking about was uh, Wilbur Marshall. I brought up Wilbur Marshall, and I brought up how he tried to pick you up by your face mask, and I think it was the 1988 Monday night football game right after he sacked you. Yeah. And yeah. what? 
So what happened? Well, I, so then Adam goes, well, what did your dad say? And I was like, actually, I don't think I've ever even talked to my dad yeah, about so the story. I, so what happened? So I, I, I'll say this. This is my recollection. I'm pretty sure he sacked dad. He literally tried to pick dad up by his face mask. Now, dad's a big fucker, hence the name, big fucker. Yeah. And he, <laughs> and I believe dad threw the ball at him. All right, Big Phil, what happened from your point of view? Uh, I can't quite remember. My recollection is not that great, but I think I did. We got it. I grabbed his face mask, and his helmet came off by accident. And um, it did. I didn't jerk his helmet off. I just grabbed it. We were kind of tussling, and his helmet came off. And Wilbur Marshall, look, I wouldn't want to meet him anywhere but on the football field where I get everybody around me because he's <laughs> right. one bad dude. Yeah. I mean, and he – he was fast. He could talk the game. He was one of the best talkers, too, that I ever played against. Really? Charles Haley, him, and Richard Dent would just mumble a few words, but I got the message. And, <laughs> but those are the best guys. And Will Marshall was such a great player. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. In his prime, he was truly – and that bear defense and all that, he was – Literally unblockable. What constitutes a good trash talker for Phil Sims? Like, what is a Wilbur Marshall thing he could have said that you'd be like, oh, he's good at that? Well, I, the guys that are good trash talkers uh, are guys that you know that they might fight you even there on the football field. So that worries you. You don't want that to happen because you know you're going to lose. <laughs> and they just say things to you and you go, oh, my God, he really meant that. Right. And it's Charles Haley, I can't give you the whole spectrum even on your podcast. Yeah, I know. But Right. He hit me back-to-back times, ball flies up, and I he's walking behind me, and I am not going to turn and say anything to him or look at him. And he gets in my ear, and he goes, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of says, you know, he kind of talks like this a little. Yeah. And he's, and he, but he said it but he said it with some other tones and things some involved. other four-letter words and things right yeah, oh yeah it, it had it all it had, yeah it was it had it all it was racial it was dirty, yes and it was to the point and i remember just going oh my god he really means that he will kill me and, and you know so but it's, it's so funny all those things happen and then when i see charles haley nowadays or wherever you know we laugh and it's it's, it's great so awesome uh, it, you know but charles haley was the number one for sure. Wilbur would be right there, and then Richard Dent, the quiet talker, who just was great, and you knew it too. So yep. there you go, Big right. Phil. You're the man, dude. We're done with you. We have no more use for you. No more you. use hey, for yeah. you. Am I back? Am I okay now? Am I back on the good side? Yeah, you, that was good. Yeah. No, uh, the Wilbur Marshall, Charles Haley. I'm going to kill you. It kind of softened me up a little bit. And uh, well, the okay. true thing is, I just missed your voice. I just needed it in my I ears. Man. All right. Well, good. I miss you guys too. Yeah, we'll we got to get you in here soon. Week. All right, Dad. What's that? We'll get you in here soon. Oh, sure. I keep hearing it. You know, when I show up, I get paid. <laughs> okay? Thanks, Dad. I ain't got Thanks, nothing Dad. See you. See, See you, bud. Uh, question. This one is from Reddit. You know how much I love Reddit. Uh, and this is from Chelsea Saints. If you had $100 to bet on a player making the Hall of Fame who is currently 25 years or younger, mm. who would you bet your money on? I have written down the seven names that I saw most repeti- repeated in that post. Odell, Bosa, Ramsey, Carson Wentz, DeAndre Hopkins, Keanu Neal, and Zeke. How old's Aaron Donald? Ooh. Type in Aaron Donald age and it should pop up right away. Oh, he's 26. He doesn't fit. Doesn't make the cut. Damn it. Damn it. Well, I mean, 
Ooh, if I had to bet money on all those, I feel like there's somebody else we're missing, too. Oh, I'm sure. Like, the guys that just came out in the draft. But it's like, you don't know if Deshaun Watson can do that his entire career. No, I don't. No, no. You're right. I, I would. It's got to be somebody that You're not going to bet on Mahomes, who hasn't even played no, yet. right, right. I'm just trying to think, is there anybody that's been semi-proven to this point to where... We could say that about so like Khalil Mack is he twenty six too? I just want to make sure. I think he is. Yeah, he is? but yeah. you would have taken Khalil Mack over Odell and Ramsey and all those guys. Well, I, I just feel like at those positions and where they are at at their career, like I know enough that they are on a Hall of Fame track right now. Like OBJ, when you first said it, he was my pick number one. But you know, also I mean, like videos in France and shit like that bother me too. Yeah. That's that that will hurt your chances of doing it. But so Odell, OBJ, Odell's pace right now is absurd. Odell, Ramsey, give me the other names. Bosa, Bosa. DeAndre Hopkins, Keanu Neal, Zeke. Yeah, I would go with Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., through the first few years of his career, is on a pace that nobody in the history of the sport. No, nobody's been on the pace. Him missing that year. It's going to hurt him this year that he missed that, right. But, I mean. Who do you have more faith in, Ramsey or Bosa? Oof. Jalen Ramsey or Bosa? Super young. Super awesome, both of them, too. Yes. Um, mm. I guess, God, I don't know there. They're, I guess I have a hair more faith in Ramsey, mm. but it's not by much. It's not by because it always worries me about those guys at that position too. He's long. He's a bigger corner. You know, sometimes when those guys lose their quickness and their ability to, we break, said this about Richard Sherman you, too. You can lose it. In a Is hurry. Richard Sherman going to be a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Yes. He he a to lot be a of people got upset when you called Sue a, a first ballot Hall of Famer the other day. Mm, really? A lot of people were like, Sue, first ballot Hall of Famer? That's crazy. Yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. I, I really do think he is. I mean, he is a guy that there has not been a lot of people in the history of the sport that are built and play like him. Yeah, but it's production, too. It is and production. he's had good production. Phenomenal production. All right, let's get into some of your scouts. And I want to. we've already done running backs, and you've done Saquon and the guys. We've done quarterbacks, and you've, you're going to dive back into them again. So we are going to talk about the quarterbacks on Monday as well. Okay. But I'd like to get to wide receivers. Wide receivers. You've watched about eight of them. Mm-hmm. Who are the eight names that you've watched? Okay, well, I've watched uh, Calvin Ridley... Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, um, Cortland Sutton, uh, DJ Chark, which really messed me up because I was looking for DJ Clark when I was trying to look up the stats. <laughs> and I was like, damn, there's no DJ Clark. And then I realized it's Chark. You got you Chark. Idiot. James Washington. Okay. And I still have the kid from Washington. What is it? Pettis or something like that that I still on my uh, dock here that I haven't got to yet. Now, so what's actually funny is I thought about this. You are kind of like a GM. People like that go out there, whether it's uh, the guys that stick to football, Connor or Matt, they watch all year round. But as you said before, the GMs kind of get brought in at this point, and the list have been cut down by the scouts, and that list is presented to the to the GM and the head people, and then they start getting involved. Yeah, and that's sort of where you are at. Well, to a degree, yeah. I would be like, I would, be, I wouldn't say the GM. I would say more like I'm the pro personnel guy. You're the pro the personnel. The GM's gonna know the college guys. He's gone around and visited them during the season, so he's gonna have a pretty good feel. But you're pro personnel. You've been looking at the 53-man roster, right, and, and now you're agency. like, what am I looking to fill? And I right, gotcha. Right. So I asked you, you said there's a top four. Yeah. 
Top okay. four. Okay, so if we just had to say top four right away. And and I got to watch the kid from, from Clemson, the Deion Kane kid. Yes. But I, I, I don't think he is in the class of these other guys just from my TV scouting. But the top four, Calvin Ridley, um, DJ Chark, DJ Moore, mm. and um, Cortland Sutton. Those you are, my top you are the pro player personnel of a team. You're at 15, and you have one wide receiver. Who is your number one wide receiver in this year's draft? I think the number one receiver is the obvious answer. I think it's Calvin Ridley. Now, interesting. Now, what's interesting about this, and again, I, I, it's, it's funny. It's like the theme of the year. It's like there's just not slam dunks. There's always some piece of evidence missing where you just go, man, I wish they saw this a little bit more. I wish I had this. How hard is it to watch Calvin Ridley's film? It's hard. I mean, it's more hard to watch Jalen Hurst play quarterback. That's okay? what I mean. Yes, it is. You, I came downstairs it's and you said, you said after like the second play, you were like, I can't believe they won with this guy. It's just amazing. I mean, I've never, I wrote in my notes at one time, I don't think I've ever seen a guy open so much in my life who never got the ball uh, because, of course, you know, Jalen Hurst, he looked, and if he didn't wasn't wide open, he wanted to tuck it and run the football. That's what right. he did. But So how do you evaluate a guy who's playing with a quarterback that will never play? That's where, like, the personal workouts are going to really come in handy this year. More than ever, I think. Even with, like, with the back to the quarterback conversation, when my dad said, like, yeah, there's some great strengths, but they all have little weaknesses here or there. So Ridley is the guy that I just look at right away and go, he's the most pro-ready. Okay? His physical skills are, in, are, are real. They really are. I think I wrote down my pro player comparison to him I wrote he is here I'll just tell you uh, I I said kid is really safe pick does everything well with no weakness he is a less explosive Amari Cooper coming out or a stronger better route running Marvin Jones Mm. coming out that was kind of my comparison there that type of guy because the thing is with Amari we got to see Amari go up and compete for balls. Right. We got to see him outrun people and, and see that burst on a 50-yard throw. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you watch film of a guy where you don't really get any of that? I know. You have to piece it together. It's it's a painful like You watch. told me that you were watching him make cuts and be wide open and then be like, okay, so I can study his cuts right. and his route running. Right. But then there's limited evidence of explosion after, after the after catch. After the catch, right. You're, you're piecing together a handful of plays over two years, and you're just going, okay, wow. well, it's the SEC, and man, he made the LSU safety miss and then turned it upfield and outran the corner for another 30 yards. Is so. there any... That was, to me, when I look back at that really stacked uh, draft with Odell, I think that was 14. Right. Ebron. Yeah. We didn't really see a lot of Ebron. But he had a few plays mm-hmm. where he really fucked some people up, right. and like he just like Miami was the play on the yeah, right, the eighty yard play, middle, right. and and because there wasn't a lot of examples, we had to extrapolate those plays to more. That's my only concern yeah, when I, I hear, hear that. I hear you, but the, but he's also Alabama, probably top recruited kid, top and, recruit. The, the thing that tells me that he's he's all over the details is even with the quarterback play, never takes a playoff, runs mm-hmm. ha- routes. Good run blocker? I mean, yes, does everything. He's in Alabama. You have to do those things. Yeah. But the other thing, too, is he has a real understanding of route running. Not only just the physical ability to run the route, which I take into account. Like, can a guy just stick his foot in the ground and make an outcut on an out route yes. seamlessly and not lose speed? Can do all of those. But he also understands how to set defenders up or understanding the play and how it coincides with the coverages he's being played into to go, oh, 
oh, okay, there's a hole right here in this zone defense. Let me push this dropping zone linebacker in a little bit more to widen that hole. So then mm. when I break out and sit down in the hole, it's even that much easier for the quarterback to throw when the When I was watching the combine and Steve Smith was watching him, yes. every time he put his foot in the ground, Steve Smith was like, wow, that's yes. just incredible. That's what he's really good at. Now, he's a high-effort runner. Like That would be my one thing I would say. Like He really, you have you can tell he's digging in to run, right? Where, you know, guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and he was coming Effortless. out, I was just going, damn, I mean, he looks like he's jogging and he's running 4 Four. So this is the pro-ready kind of underneath guy. No, I, he can do it all. Okay, he's gonna have. He has enough speed and size that he can do it all. He really can. Now, do I think you know? Again, like acceleration after the catch where he's just going to pull away from people and make 70-yard touchdown runs? I don't think so. Acceleration of the catch where he might make a catch and then run for another 20 or 30 yards? Mm. Yeah, I see it more like that. Who's your number two? Okay, this is, I mean, I'm filling this out on this. I'm going on the fly. I'm having a conversation we've had, here we've with had the rest a very of you. Busy, th- th- that's what this is for. But I know. So I, yeah. I am enjoying this. So just is, as I'm sitting here, <sighs> I don't. All right, my number two. Of course, it's between DJ Moore, the Sutton kid, or the DJ Kark, Chark kid. Yeah, I know. It's really hard. How about this? You want to talk? Why don't you give us your scouting reports? Give your comparisons. Give your final whatever, and we'll work it out here on the live on the yeah, pod. Yeah, I think if I had to say my number two. Gosh, man. <laughs> This is, again, it goes back to the quarterback conversation. There's going to be a little more than years past. And I know people out there are going to go, well, he's making excuses. I promise you I'm not. I I am the mister. I will put myself out there and let everybody shit on me all the time. That's what I do. I mean, that should be my nickname. Chris, I'll let you shit on me, Sims. Um, I don't don't think think that's good. But either way, (laughs) I think... um, DJ Moore would be my second DJ guy. DJ Moore. Yes. DJ okay. Moore from Maryland, give right? Give me the breakdown. Give me, I give think me I'm your... going to go my number two. Okay. But no, but this is the qualifying statement I wanted to make. That there's going to be a little bit dependent this year on going, what do I have on my team at receiver already? And where do I think this guy can fit in this type of offense? So I'm not More than hearing ever. any of these guys being team-changing receivers. I think they, they all are not have capabilities, but I can't put the stamp of approval on them gotcha. like, like we could with a Julio Jones coming out. Or, of course. You know, or even the year where it was Odell, Mike Evans, and Brandon Cooks. Like We knew all of them were going to be good. I could put them all and go, it's just really a matter of how do I rank them. I was thinking that this DJ Moore kid is the Kevin White to uh, Calvin Ridley's Amari Cooper. Um, like the athletic, like, busted out for a 70-yard touchdown guy. Yeah, well, okay, so this is the thing. He is um, extremely talented. In fact, he's the guy that I think excites me the most. Him and DJ Chark excite me the most. Okay, DJ Moore, I, I, I mean, to just he has a running back's body. He's six foot. He's 210 pounds. He's very special that way. He can... Uh, he has an extra gear. He has great balance on contact. He can run away from anybody. He can make people miss in space. The problem is Maryland's quarterback wasn't very good, and he ran go routes and stay routes. 
I mean, that's, that's all. It. That's all he ran. And when I say a stay route, I meant it was like it's a screen where he just turns and looks at the quarterback, and if there's too many people in the box to stop the run, the quarterback throws it out to him and goes, "Hey, DJ Moore, make something happen." But I wrote, "All right, uh, should I just start reading it a little bit?" Or? I want to hear your final, your overall. All right, all right. So, so the other thing I wrote at the thing, I go, "He's the reverse Sean Davis." Remember, Sean Davis came from Maryland. Yes. What was the talk about Sean Davis? Oh, he gets beat deep and does these things, and it's so raw. Don't evaluate the stats and everything else, or or you. He he might be raw, but you got to evaluate the player and the physical. And what I always saw in Sean Davis, and I remember I got in an argument with this with Miller, is I just said, I don't know. I know he got beat on deep routes because he was like his technique was so horrible, and he was backpedaling and like running in a three sixty degree angle. I mean, it was all over the place. But yet there was enough clips for me to go. Oh, he's the fastest guy in the field. Oh, he throws his body around, and, and I go, some "Wow!" Coaching, and they could fix all exactly. That stuff. So there was coaching issues. That's why I kind of look at DJ Moore. But I wrote basically this at the end of the day: the kid has superstar traits. He's not polished. He's not day one ready like a Ridley, but he's a better raw specimen. Great strength, balance, acceleration, quicks—they're all off the charts. Route running needs to work, needs work, but I'm not worried. I mean, 80-yard screens taking it to the house are harder than learning how to run a route. Yes. So that's what I took away from it more than anything. But um, wow. What's really funny, too, is the more and more we do the draft, the more and more we learn about these coaches in college. We would always laugh about what's going on at LSU and their yeah, offense. Sure. But for Maryland to have all these athletes right. that just are, don't seem to be coached that great. Right. I mean, exactly right. That's what you have to take into account. you got to take into account what he's being asked to do. Is it realistic? And who's asking him. And who's asking him to do it. Tore up the combine. Holy I mean, crap. he's a, he's a freak of nature. I mean, he's a Steve Smith type of player that I think actually is more explosive than a Steve Smith. I wrote to me the comp on NFL.com is Stefan Diggs. From uh, he's a, so much more of an explosive, stronger man than Stefan Diggs. That's really? not yes, yes. I mean, we've seen Stefan Diggs in person. Yeah, this guy he's not built like this kid. This kid, yeah, this guy's got like twenty pounds on this Stephon kid. Diggs. Exactly right. This kid is legit. I mean, this kid will run through arm tackles like a running back. I'm gonna just read you some of the notes I wrote. Like, um, you know, body control as good as it gets. I mean, when they throw him back shoulder. And things like that. It's effortless. I mean, it doesn't matter how ball, how bad the ball is. You know, his yeah, he acceler- has twenty pounds on Stefan Dix. Right. His acceleration makes him a double move king because he can start and stop and like be up to full speed within three steps. So I wrote his stop restart ability is amazing. It's off the charts good. I mean, route tree not extensive. Slants goes and screens definitely a little raw in that department. But because of the speed and quicks, he was still able to separate and get room, and he has more room to grow. Very very good at the line of scrimmage. Always gives himself a two-way go off the ball. Uh, amazed with his strength. I really like this kid. Plays the position with a physical presence. He reminded me of Juju Smith-Schuster, Ooh. except he's way more explosive and can do more after the catch. This kid can be a superstar to me. He could be... So he has a higher ceiling than Calvin Ridley. I believe so. This kid has a Odell Beckham-ish type of high ceiling. But wow. you don't get to see all the evidence always like you did do with the Odell Beckham yeah. Jr. Right. All right. Yeah, I'm pretty I was I'm surprised he's I not like number this one. kid. I like this kid a lot. All he's right. just not a safe bet. I'm trying to act like a real GM pro personnel Good guy. Good for you. Okay, thanks. Yeah, because I would say in the past you were like, I like speed. I know. Sometimes I just go with what I like. It's probably why I'm, you know, I came out with so hard with Lamar Jackson. It was the guy I watched on film and I just said, man, there's more amazing there than anybody else. I right? get it. Right. All right, so then who do you have at three? Is it Chark? 
Or is who is the other one? It's Cortland Sutton. Sutton or Chark? That's your final four. Yeah. So Kirk Kirksey doesn't it's make it. It's definitely those. Christian four. Kirk doesn't no, make it. He's not in their class. He's definitely what is not. Christian Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk is a total slot receiver. That's what he will be throughout his career. I really think he's more of a. I think I wrote. Is there any chance for a just a slot receiver to be so good at the slot that he can actually pass up somebody who can be more multiple? Yes, there is definitely that. More times than not, no. But like, let's say like a Sterling Shepard. I mean, I think that's what he was drafted at as the at the Giants. I can't remember who was drafted after him, but they drafted him basically to go like, no, we're good on the outside. Now we're going to let you work the slot because people are going to try to double. I mean, for you, when you're doing your ranking, can someone be so good at the slot? Definitely, yes. For me, yes, that can happen. I mean, DJ Moore's in the slot a whole lot, but yes, certainly. If you blow me away, the problem is a lot of times in college they don't have enough good offense is to really have a true slot Yeah, they're guy. not doing you got to just piece it together yeah. is more. Right? All right, so you're going Sutton or Chark at number three. He gets so stressed out about getting this right. I do. It's like really hard. It really is hard. I guess I'm going to go with Sutton. Okay. It's tough. How about this? We're not officially ranking yeah. him. I want to listen to you on both. Start with Sutton. What's your overall? Okay. I'm just going to start reading because I can't remember all this shit, Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, uh, Sutton, 6'3", he's 218 pounds. He ran a, what, a 4-5-4, something along those lines. He uh, ran a 4-5-2. Four, 4-5-4. Four, four. Oh, I'm looking at Cameron Sutton, the cornerback that got drafted by Tennessee. Right. This is Cortland Sutton for SMU. <laughs> okay. But, hey, I just wrote this. Just started, but obviously he's a big kid. You know where he is out on the field. That's easy. Only seen a few catches so far, but man, I like what I see in this kid. He can make people miss in space, which is very rare for big guys. Okay, change of direction for the size is very good. And then I wrote in parentheses six five seven three cone. That's phenomenal it for is. his size. And it was one of the best I think in the it combine, was. or certainly up there. Okay. Um, uh, all right. It was actually uh, second behind uh, only two other guys. Which is amazing for a guy that's 220 pounds at that size. And I wrote, this has been a complaint of mine in the past with guys like Kelvin Benjamin and Josh Dotson. Big receivers who couldn't really do anything after the catch. It was always jump ball or catch it and fall down. This guy showed a little bit more than that. Strength shows in all areas of the game. Uh, Not that my mind is blown, but I am impressed with the ability to accelerate and get to top speed for a big guy. Route running is still up for debate. This was early on still, but I wrote, go, slant, screens, corners, not real sharp or precise with any of his route running, cuts off the wrong foot a few times, but looks like more like he hadn't been coached more than anything to me. Breaks down almost always, a little choppy at the top of his breaks. Wish he would come off the ball with a little more aggressive at times, um, and wish they would also just throw the ball deep to him more. He had horrible quarterback play. Again, another issue with evaluating this year. When he thinks he might get the ball he gets when he when he thinks he might get it. Uh, he gets off the line of scrimmage with aggression, and and you can see it. Hands are solid. A few tough catches that I would like to have seen seen him catch, uh, but I'm not concerned. His catch radius is ridiculous, and his size really makes him an easy target for a quarterback. I mean, he was unbelievable again in adjusting to the ball for a big guy. It was nothing for him to catch a back shoulder that was outside of his catch radius, still catch it, drag feed in bounds, things like that. I thought were off the charts. Um, I wrote SMU quarterback. Uh, not good ball everywhere. Did he remind you of anybody? 
Um, yeah, hold on. Let me see who I wrote down. Big, strong kid who DBs will have to think twice about jamming at the line of scrimmage because he will throw them around. He's got very good acceleration. Impression, uh, what did they write? Impression for, uh, I'm impressed with the size and his ability with yak after the catch, which you don't see for this size often. Saw enough 50-50 balls to know he can go get it. Raw is a route runner, but I like him more than a Josh Dotson coming out. He's very similar to an Alshon Jeffrey. I wrote somewhere between 33 and 50, which I haven't done the rest of the draft yet. He might, Maybe he was a late first-rounder. I didn't think Josh Johnson was worthy of the pick that the Redskins picked him at. Right. And but, we saw what Josh Johnson was capable of last year in little bursts. Yes, like he's a jump ball, go deep king. He can do it. No yes. doubt about it. The, co- the comparison from Lanzerline on NFL.com was Musin Muhammad. Oh, I get that. I didn't think that, that far back in the... I think he's a bigger man than Mushin Muhammad, though. He's he, he's going to play a lot bigger than Mushin. All right, and that means DJ Chark. Yeah. This is the speedster from LSU that ran a 4-3-4 at the Combine with a 40-inch vertical, and we know that the quarterbacks at LSU uh, are really never enough. No, I mean, and the quarterback wasn't bad this year, I'll say that, so it wasn't his fault. Their offense can be an issue, too. They're just It's an old-school offense. It's like, Run let's it pull the guard times. downhill yeah. and, you know, make Maybe if we get one-on-one, we'll throw it every now and then. Yeah, 6'3", 199, like you said. First of all, again, another guy, uh, maybe he, he's got superstar talent. I mean, he really does. Tall. I thought he was going to be smaller than 6'3", 199. I, I Everyone pitched him to us like he's going to be like a scatterbug, like 5'10", 175, and he's 6'3", 200. He is, um, <sighs> he's good, man. I don't even know where I've got him ranked yet. Okay, i got to like digest yeah, this, we can, we, but here we go. Yeah, let's just hear it. I think reading him now, I think I might have him ranked higher than Sutton. <laughs> okay. Tall, thin, long wide receiver. Like, not thin where – but he's he's not too thin, though, I wrote. Looks good in his uniform. Like, wiry muscle. Like an A.J. Green type in his uniform. Not like frail where you're like, if they hit him, he might break. Right. Um, he, I wrote, he can fly. And I underlined it four times. Gets on safety's toes before they can even turn and run. I mean – Holy shit. He can OBG run. I mean, I just saw a hitch route where he turned it up versus Auburn and ran up the sidelines, and I wrote, wow, and I underlined it three more times. Watch out for those OBGs, guys. Oh, but then <laughs> all right, all right, don't get to see route, route, route variety, but looks like he can really stick his foot in the ground, which I did see enough to go, ooh, this kid can, he can do something. Really, really fluid runner. Not some stiff, tall track guy. Has great body control. Um, with his speed, has to be able to catch back shoulders, and I saw plenty of that. Because back shoulders are going to be a lot of his catches in football because everybody's going to go, I'm not going to let me fast. beat him deep. Yeah. Right, right. So make it, it will make him unguardable, I wrote, if he can do that. Um, let's see. Very quick, fast. I'm impressed with the kid. He's more polished, better all-around receiver, all wide receiver than I expected. He's a taller version of a Deshaun Jackson, or I wrote as my mind was going, or even better yet, he's Martavis Bryant. Check uh, Chalk's ability to track the deep ball is as good as it gets. Biggest weakness is strength and physicality. Can be affected by contact while running routes a little bit. Not alarming, but it's still at least concerning. He will only get stronger, I wrote, as he gets older. 
and he could be a little bit better at the line of scrimmage. Um, he can get off jam, but there was a few cases where I saw people get up in his chest, and it affected him a little more than you would like. But uh, if LSU needs a big play, they go to him. Big fan of this kid, has superstar potential, good route runner, can be, can, can be can be better, I guess I meant can get better, plays tough for a slender kid, adjusts to the ball, can teach the route running. Um, oh, and then I wrote, you can't teach this kind of speed. 21.8 yards per catch. And I wrote somewhere between 25 and 45. So you have him ahead of Sutton. I do. I have him five picks ahead of Sutton, yes. So then you really go Ridley, Moore, Chark, Sutton. Yeah, you think so? You love Chark. I do like Chark. I do. I like guys Chark like Chark. Week. Because I think guys like Chark, a lot of times, too, are going to be only better in the NFL. Like Odell coming from there, too, where offenses know how to use them more and their yes. skill set. And yes. there's more focus on getting him yes. the ball. Where at times you can get lost in the shovel, but yes, I was very impressed with with all four of these guys. But yeah, I know I don't even know. It's a weird year because there's things that concern all of them. Like it does bother me with DJ Chark. He doesn't even start some games. They put other receivers in there, and I don't know why. What concerns you about Sutton? Sutton is the just the a little bit lackadaisical effort to get off the ball at times and just some of the sloppiness of the routes in general. Um, I think that would be it. But and, I, then, and then for more? For more, again, is the same thing. Just the rawness of the route running, the fact that you don't get to see much at all. I mean, he, you get to see the least with him. Oh, really? Yeah, you don't get to see, I mean, as far as the route running. Ball in his hands, you don't need to know anything more. I mean, it's it's special. He's going to be able to outrun anybody. And he, Ridley, you just didn't get to see anything. Ridley, you just you get to see a lot of different routes, and you go, oh, they're great, and he runs them well and all that. But you just go, damn, can we get the ball in his hands like more than twice a game? Man. Yeah. That is Sims's breakdown of the wide receivers in the draft, free-flowing the player pro personnel, pro player personnel of the Sims and Lefko podcast. What up? Uh, all right, that's it. That's it? Yeah. That was a long one. It was a long one. Sorry. We're going to send you home uh, this weekend. Sims is diving back into the quarterback. I can't even believe I'm doing it. You're shocked. I'm shocked. I, I mean, it's just, like I said at the start, it's, it's a tough year. It's a tough year for the draft, and we are here to break it all down again. Miller, Sims, myself will be doing the draft live on Bleacher Report, so get ready for that. Buckle up. It's going to be weird. We're going to be doing a lot of fan interaction and letting Sims and Miller just go to town. But for now, for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Big Phil. For Fendrick. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> and the LEFK man says goodnight. Have a great weekend. We'll holler at you on Monday evening. Until then, be well.